how many families did you provide Christmas for this year? 385 families, approximately 2,000 children. Okay. Yep. How many gifts per kid typically? Two, uh, three? Uh, five to six. That's 2,000 kids, five gifts. That's 10,000 gifts. 2,200 rolls of wrapping paper, uh, 250 rolls of tape. I bought one year on eBay or a printing company that was going out of business. I bought 30,000 gift tags. 30,000 gift tags. They're in a hundred, hundred to a sheet. We just used up the last one of them this year. It, it was so big, it was crazy. And I paid $25 for them. It was awesome. Welcome to an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'm a normal guy. I'm a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, and I've been a football coach in inner city Memphis. And the last part, it unintentionally led to an Oscar for the film about our team. That film's called Undefeated. I believe our country's problems will never be solved by a bunch of fancy people in nice suits talking big words that nobody ever uses on CNN and Fox, but rather an army of normal folks, us, just you and me deciding, hey, I can help. That is exactly what Big Al Holdren, the voice we just heard, has done. Al is the co-founder of Secret Families, which provides all of those Christmas presents for families who can't afford them in his community of Muncie, Indiana. There should be a Secret Families in every area of our country, and I cannot wait for you to meet Big Al right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. They were looking for an unknown actress <laughs> right. to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> and author David Sedaris you know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you if you're not on fire. It's like opening the door of an oven and it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back. It's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're all their energy focused goes, on. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more trailblazers, more live events, more Martha, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Walter Isaacson, about the geniuses who change the world. Encore Jane, about creating a billion-dollar startup. Dr. Elisa Pressman, about the five basic strategies to help parents raise good humans. Florence Fabricant, about the authenticity in the world of food writing. Be sure to tune in to season two of the Martha Stewart Podcast. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, guys, this story was really recently recommended to us by an Army member named Merrill McKinley. And Merrill, thanks, because Big Al's awesome. But because it's such an awesome Christmas story, uh, we had to break our usual protocol, which is we, we bring guests to Memphis, or I go to the guest, and we do in-person interviews, because I just feel like face-to-face conversations are more compelling. But because we, we got this information late, um, we just didn't have time to do this interview in person. So we did do this one online on Zoom so that we could quickly edit it and sneak it in before Christmas. So this episode might sound a little different than normal because of the challenges of, of clear um, conversation over Zoom, but Big Al's big personality more than makes up for it, and you're about to hear that. And guys, y'all really keep sending us stories and ideas at normalfolks.us. Your programming of this podcast has been incredible. So let's get started. Al Holdren, an interesting dude. Thanks for joining me, Al. How are you? I'm doing great, Bill. Thank you for the. Thank you guys for your time and for the interest. It's uh, uh, pretty cool stuff, man. It's uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I love it. Well, what you do is pretty cool stuff, and uh, the timing of it is obviously appropriate and topical. But before sure. we get to w- why we're talking to you and the the very cool thing that you do, uh, which I'll I'll tease, is uh, it's Secret Santa, right? Is that uh, what secret, it's called? Secret Families. Secret Families. Well, th- Secret Families. And I'm sorry, I've done that three times. My family, Al, at Christmas, we um we do what's called Secret Santa, sure. and so it's it's yep. my wife, it's it's my wife, me, the four kids. My mother-in-law and father-in-law, my mother, my uncle, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and I think that's it. There's 10, 11 of us. And so what we do is we say everybody spends 100 bucks max, and you have to buy a pair of socks, a household item, and a book, and you can only spend 100 bucks. So you could buy an $80 book. Yep. But now you got to buy a $4 pair of socks and a $16 household item, right? You Absolutely. can mix up. Probably a Goodwill buying a toaster. 
That, it, there you go. Perfect. Yes, all and day. Then, all day. And then we, and then everybody shows up with their three gifts unmarked, puts them on the table, and we have three rounds. So round one is book. So everybody chooses one gift from the book pile. <laughs> and then, right. But here's the thing. It rotates upon opening it. So when I open my book gift, now I've got my book. Now the next person to open, they can either keep their gift or take mine from or me. Steal yours, absolutely. <laughs> and then I it goes it. all the way around. And it's it. called it's called Secret Dirty Santa. And I got to tell you, um, Christmas Day at my house ends up people throwing stuff at each other half the time because everybody oh. wants one. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody wants, you know, whatever for the soul. Yeah, that's whatever it. it is. That's it. That's it. And I mean, somebody yeah. may buy, somebody may spend five <laughs> bucks on a book and 90 on a house. So the, the quality of each item varies dramatically and everybody, anyway, it's a blast. And so we call that secret santa and so when i see secret families and think christmas the work you do it is not anything like what we do but and, that's and why it's common terminology that's the the secret santa and you know what it all applies but the game's still the same and that's what we love about it that's what's that, so cool. that's it that's what's that's so it cool. that's fun though. all right enough about me al no, where do you come great. from awesome. where, where'd you grow up where tell me where you came from here right? this is uh i actually grew up in um Muncie is a county seat, and I grew up in a little town literally attached to it, but just 10 miles north of Muncie, Indiana, um, Eaton, Indiana. Population 5,000 people. My dad and everybody in that town all worked at one of the two General Motors plants that were in, were, keyword, were in Muncie. One is now, well, both of them are completely non existent. They don't exist, and the buildings are even gone, but it was a little, small community up there and uh, went to Delta High School. So I'm a local kid other than I've been here my whole life. I'm 61, been here my whole life and had a four-year stint in Milwaukee with a uh, business that I owned up there and and then came back here and started our family and you know the rest is history. So you're a, you're a you're a Midwest guy, Midwest Indiana boy all day long. You name it. Are you a, a little basketball and big basketball fan? You're in Indiana. Um, my, I so are, are you a Hoosier? Basketball, absolutely. Are you a Hoosier then? Well, I'm a uh, yeah Hoosier Hoosier by state. I yeah. IU fan. IU basketball fan. Notre Dame football fan. So uh, we always have. In most of us have split allegiances. Ball State is a is in our community, and we're always Ball State fans. We go to those games. But I grew up as a Bobby Knight fan and grew up with a Notre Dame football. So, you know, yeah. you kind of, you kind of went it doesn't get any more Midwestern than that. Oh God, no. And uh, 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 one of our uh, friend, arm's length friend is Matt Painter, who's ball state, or I'm sorry, who is Purdue's basketball coach currently. Um, right. So, and he grew up, he was an old Delta high school guy. You know, it's funny, everybody, we say the world eventually uh, all is connected to Muncie. Eventually, eventually, it's you know, it's not Kevin Bacon, it's Muncie. It's a that's that's how it rolls. So, and, and, and Bill, we're gonna come back. You're, uh, I'm gonna throw something at you. I'm gonna challenge you at the end of our conversation with your secret uh, with your secret Santa. I because I have something to throw at you. So, well, do it now. What yeah. is it? 
quit doing that. Yeah. There's $1,100. Everybody throws a hundred in the hat. You go to the local, whatever, Meyer, Walmart, whatever's close to you. Hold it, hold it. Stop. Yep. You can't challenge me yet. You can do it at the end because I don't want to, I don't want our listeners to know yet. Oh, great. Okay. I, I know we we'll are. Then so you, you're, we'll do it at the end. It'll, it'll play, it'll play better there. Yeah. Yeah. All I got right. an idea for you. So. Uh, okay, so you're a Midwest guy, born yeah. and raised, yeah. blue-collar type community, just good Midwest community, and yep. you go off to Milwaukee and start a business, but then you come back to Yorktown, which is just outside of Muncie, basically yep. Muncie area. That's, yeah, that's, and, where, that's where home. I live in Muncie. My business that I own, the, uh, the collection agency that I own currently, um, is in Yorktown, but I live in Muncie. Right. So, so it's interesting because obviously being here, you're involved in a, in philanthropic work and, you know, you, you, you wouldn't be, we wouldn't be highlighting your story without that. Um, but your profession is a collection agent. And I find that interesting. (laughs) And, and candidly, I own a business. I've had bad accounts. I, I have used collection work. Sure. But I think guys in your industry, you know, get a maybe a bad rep because it's oh the dreaded bill collector guy, right. and the dreaded bill collector guy yes. is o- often seen as an evil villain in the process of credit. Yes. Um, but the truth is, when people spend money on credit, whether it's a credit card, or write a bad check, or enter into a business arrangement that they don't pay off the bank or whatever, um, those bills have to be collected. And the business that extended that credit is out the money unless they're able to receive it. Yeah. And yeah. and people that do what you do are a valuable spoke on the wheel of business. But we've certainly heard of the predatory, overly aggressive collection tactics. And then, like any industry, there's good and bad. Sure. Just briefly... Yeah. Tell our listeners what you do on a daily basis and how you approach it. Sure. The company Atlas Services, uh, based here out of Yorktown, we've been here, we were in Muncie, Delaware County area since 67. Um, My group is the second group to own it, and we bought it from a couple um, older gentlemen. And we work with medical, a lot of medical uh, property rental, um, Goodness, you name dental industry. And so, you know, and, and you're exactly right. There is good, bad, and ugly in our business as there is with any industry. We think we're in that good side of it. A lot of times, sometimes it's an oversight. Sometimes it's intentional that people don't pay. But we always say, hey, our clients like to get a paycheck on Friday, too. <laughs> um, you got the services. You took the services. You just didn't pay them. What if somebody did that to you? How would you feel? And, you know, just having that conversation, a little bit of guilt, I mean, doesn't hurt and is usually the best way to collect. And then at that point, they may have a circumstance that payment arrangements are needed. So but that's what we do. We really are, are calling people. As soon as we can get them out of debt, their credit's going to go back up and they're going to be in a better circumstance because they're not robbing Peter to pay Paul all the time. So sometimes all we're going to do is we're going to focus individuals into let's get this paid off, then let's pay this off, then let's pay this off. And that's that's really what we do. So we we sometimes are more 
like their mom and dad because maybe they weren't taught appropriately. And that's what we end up becoming sometimes, Bill. So that's what you do for a living. All you collect, yep. you, you, you collect I, money yep. for organizations who have provided a good or service to people who haven't paid them. And you try to respectfully and civilly collect that money. And that's it. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. That's just a spoke in the wheel of business. Yep. Everybody needs everybody needs that. Someone's got a if somebody doesn't pay, then their their business is closed and everything shuts down. And that's just yeah. reality. So and those things So happen. you're not so you're not the grim reaper oh, debt Lord, collector no. that we've all grown to learn to fear and oh gosh, don't call me at my job and don't call me at midnight and don't threaten me. It's not that. No, we're we're more we're we're probably more heavily regulated than anything in the world in the medical than fda you name it federal trade commission they do not play around you screw up in our industry you go to jail you pay a fine automatically and they're gonna take everything you got and you go to jail so you do not mess with those people at all we run and we play and the good companies the good companies are in business everybody else is in sing sing <laughs> what, how many people in your company? Uh, ten. Ten. So we're not talking about this massive organization no. dollars and smiling for dollars. I it's a my, small family-run business where you make a good living, and that's what you do. That's it. And I can run down to the gas station and buy everybody and carry back everybody in my company a Coke in about 20 minutes. <laughs> I got it. And that's a small business. That's what it's that's all a, about. That's a... <laughs> so a Midwest. So the whole point is, yes, it's an army of normal folks. What's yep. more normal yep. than a Midwestern guy who likes Notre Dame, Purdue, IU, lived in Milwaukee, returned to Yorktown, Muncie, Indiana, has a ten-person small family-run business, making a good, honest living? There you are, Bill. We've always, I've always made a, a, a quote. Always said a comment. The Holdren family. We are 6.5 on every scale that you can imagine. <laughs> That's hilarious. We do everything at 6.5. We are we are we are not brilliant at any one thing. I'm about a 6.5 guys you'll ever see and if you want to come and sit on the deck we'll buy you a cold one and if you need a, a makers and uh, it's it's makers and uh makers and coke and a cherry lifesaver. Uh, that'll make you happy. And once in a while, after a long week, you need one of those on a Friday evening. We're just 6.5, dude. We don't drink the big bourbon. We drink stuff with them for it. <laughs> I love it. It's a good Al, day. That is hilarious. Oh, it's so true. So true. So though. your friends call you Big Al. Big Al. That, that's a third grade nickname. It's stuck. I am a big dude, um, big guy. Uh, when you go uh, uh, 62290, they call you Big Al. Uh, yeah, it's stuck, and it is a term of endearment. We always laugh, Bill. If someone walks up to me, if they call me uh, uh, Al Holdren or Mr. Holdren, I know that they don't know me, and they're trying to sell me something. Well, and, and Mr. Holdren is probably above a 6.5. Big Al is dead on 6.5. Big Al 6.5 all day long. And if That's somebody right. walks up and says, I need to see Big Al, I know they've talked to one of my friends. They've got permission to do that or all my friends. Do it. It's funny. A lot of people and a lot of these people that work within some things we're going to talk about here in a little bit, they only know me as Big Al. They have no idea what my name is. 
<laughs> and, I, and as far as I'm concerned, don't care. It makes no difference. The mission's important. The details are not. They're not. Tell me about your wife. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, the reason that we get up in the morning, um, coolest, classiest thing you'd ever meet. And I um, still am amazed that she deals with me. Uh, well, she, Chris he, is apparently attracted to 6.5. She loves 6.5. She loves 6.5. <laughs> um, uh, fifth grade teacher, uh, Selma Elementary, classiest, coolest thing you will ever meet in your lifetime. And I mean that so sincerely. I'm going to blow how many years we've been married, but it's going to be, we're going to say 35 plus uh, puts me in. I believe it's around 38. Bill, I really don't. Those details with everything, you'll find that I don't have. Um, I have a dear friend, Jason May, who's a state farm agent here in town. Uh, he's a brother by another mother. OK, and he uh, has always made a comment that 87 percent of everything that I say is true. And the other 13 percent, he just can't remember. <laughs> and so he Fair just make, so you just make it up to fill in the holes and build the border <laughs> to build everything else. And boy, that is probably as true as anything. There's just too much in the memory. There's too much on the hard drive. So I have to erase something to have room to, to add something in. But I know Chris has taught there, gosh, uh, 36 some years, Selma Elementary, fifth grade teacher, just phenomenal. She's now been there long enough. She's teaching students, kids. Yes, yeah, she's on second generation. She's on second, and and with some, just remember, we're in a rural area. Sometimes it's third generation because it was an early breeding schedule. <laughs> that's great. It just is what it is, and that's and she is, but she's phenomenal. And this whole uh, the thing what we're going to what we'll talk about, all of this came about because of her. And there's a story there that we'll get into. Right after a few messages from our generous sponsors, but first. Um, this one's kind of crazy. Uh, after only six months, our podcast has been named a finalist for the Anthem Community Voice Awards, uh, for the social contributions that we've helped inspire. Honestly, guys, I'm, I'm humbled. Um, and turkey person alert here. We're not doing the podcast to win awards. We're doing it to, uh, inspire change, but, um, the more things like this that come along, the more awareness of the podcast and the more subscribers and the more people that join the army. And that gives us more opportunity to have more impact. So we're asking uh, if you'd be open to help us uh, that you visit celebrate.anthemawards.com, scroll down to choose the army, then register and click the celebrate button. It takes about a minute and a half, um, but uh, we'd love your support to help grow awareness, help grow the listenership to our podcast, help grow the Army. Thanks a lot for thinking about it. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing. I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. 
they were looking for an unknown actress <laughs> right. to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> and author David Sedaris. You know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you if you're not on fire. It's like opening the door of an oven and it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back. It's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're laser focused on. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more trailblazers, more live events, more Martha, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Walter Isaacson, about the geniuses who change the world. Encore Jane, about creating a billion-dollar startup. Dr. Elisa Pressman, about the five basic strategies to help parents raise good humans. Florence Fabricant, about the authenticity in the world of food writing. Be sure to tune in to season two of the Martha Stewart podcast. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your wife of 35 plus years, call it 38, you and Chris have how many children? Two girls, uh, Katie, uh, my oldest, um, has our first grandchild and has just bought a house across the street from us. So grandma is out of her mind. <laughs> you can't, 50 yards, and I'm going to have to apologize to the one neighbor because I believe the grandchild, who's 11 months old now, the grandchild and my wife have are going to beat a path, wear a hog path in their yard going back and forth. Cause now she can go see her literally just walks over and goes, you guys go somewhere to a movie. I got the kid. And How she, old is Katie? Katie. Um, Katie is 28. Got it. And second daughter. Maddie as married lives two miles from us. So then they're set in their homes and that's great. We love that. They're not going to live in California and Australia. We like, love them being that close. Um, Maddie, um, let me see, graduate six, 16, 20, uh, 25. Got it. Um, so you got, you got you and Chris married forever. 
Yeah. Katie, 28, Maddie, 25, all living in Muncie, normal folks doing normal things, living a life. Yep. And your wife, one day in December of early December of 2004, yep. which we're talking, that's 19 years ago, since yeah. years don't mean much to you, yep. came home and said, uh, let's not buy presents for each other this Christmas. Let's do something different. Tell yeah. us that story. Yeah. Um, well, the story goes... Um, I was, I was on the local school board, which is where Maddie and Katie and Katie's husband all teach currently. So I'm in the world of educators. They all teach in the corporation that I graduated high school from, and they all graduated high school from. Um, I came home from a school. I was on the school board uh, back in the day, and I came home from a board meeting, and the deal was uh, that all the principals would send out a sheet for any family that needed help, and you would check the box, need Thanksgiving meal, Christmas meal, Christmas presents, whatever else, you had comment area, they would check that, and every person in the corporation, no matter what their financial situation, would get one of these sheets. We got one, personally, we got one. And you just throw them away if you don't need them. If somebody didn't, they turn them back in. They're supposed to get them approved by the board before they send them out. He did not do that. He's a brand new principal. He sent him out, got him back. The one he submitted had a family on it already filled out. So he submitted it after the fact. So he caught a lot of flack, caught a lot of hell for that. And we, I just happened to have it in my board packet. I came home and she said, Al, I need to talk to you for a second. The girls were in there. And she goes, the girls and I have been talking. And she said exactly that. She said, what do you think about buying me for Christmas? She goes, by the way, I don't need another sweater. <laughs> I said, okay, well, that takes out the cross off. Now I'm down to zero ideas. And I said, well, by the way, I don't need another sweater either. She goes, how much money is in your sock drawer? I said, I don't know. She goes, go check. The builder's an old envelope in my sock drawer. I've been there forever. I don't know how old it is. It's over 20 years old. And whenever we come back from a, if we go away for a weekend or we go on a vacation, whatever cash, that I have in my billfold, the, the the game is, I just take it, change and everything, and put in that envelope. And then at Christmas for years, we would just take that, divide it, and that's what we would use to buy each other something for Christmas. It could be $70 or 1000 It never, I went there and I pulled it out, went, hand it to her. She counts it real quick. And I mean, it's ones and fives and twenties and I'll, maybe 100 in there. There's $550 in there. That number is going to come back again to us here in a second, Bill. There's $550 in that envelope. She said, I think we should quit buying each other Christmas presents with that money and don't buy each other anything else now. And we, let's go out and let's, why don't you call one of the schools and get a family, see if they can give us a family and let's take that and go buy them Christmas. He's like, all right, we can do that. Now, the next day, we get a snowstorm of about uh, 13 inches of snow. She takes the $550, and I said, I think that's a great idea. I said, I've got one. I went to my board packet, pulled it out, and Bill, it is the girl that I grew up next door to in Eaton, the little town I grew up, my entire life till I was... 22 years old, there was the, literally the girl next door, and 
her husband had just died of cancer and her daughter is in my daughter's fifth grade class. Wow. Rides the bus with her. And they don't have enough to have Christmas. They don't. They She's a registered nurse. So they had, they're, they're paying their bills, but the, the cancer took all of their money. So they're just getting by month to month till things, you know, until time. He just died the month before. So they decided that um, I said, here's one call, call her and, uh, and ask her if we can help her. And she called, they were ecstatic and said, I didn't know what I was going to do for Christmas. I just don't have the extra money. And we said, we got it. My wife takes a list from her that next evening as we're driving to Meyer in the freaking snowstorm. We get to Meyer. We're the only people at a Meyer store, which is like a Walmart for those that don't know what a Meyer grocery and clothing and cosmetics and everything else store. We're the only people in the store. There's five of the employees sitting on one of the belts of the checkout trying to figure out whether they're going to have to sleep there that night or not, or they should close the store because it's 24 hours then and go home. We walk in, kick the snow off and go, oh, Lordy. They're like, what are you guys doing here? And I said, we have these lists. They go, we're in. So the Meyer family, the Meyer employees were our first shopping family ever. They went with us. We shopped quickly for everybody. We spent exactly $550. Actually, we spent $500. There was three kids, two kids, and then the uh, the, wife, the surviving wife. We took, we spent $400, uh, $450. We took the $100 bought a Meyer gift card so they would have Christmas dinner. And that started the whole thing. They came home. The girls wrapped that stuff all night. The next night we went, took it to them, dropped it off. This whole thing was supposed to be done. Is this including a Christmas tree, everything? Yeah, we had a, uh, we had the worst looking artificial Christmas tree <laughs> that we were, <laughs> were going to give away to Goodwill and buy a new one. And I, I worked, I went out in the shop, one of my shops and made a new stand for it. And we had a couple strands of lights. So we took the, our old Christmas tree, the bags of presents, the Meyer gift card, and my wife had an old Bible and she stuck the Meyer gift card in the Bible. And that's what we took to them. And that started, that started. Well, well tell me her, this, this, this lady's husband died. 30 days before this, yeah. right? After probably a long illness. So not only are they not having gifts and and the celebration of Christmas, but they're also probably still dealing with a great deal of sadness and loss that they haven't completely moved beyond, right? Oh, it was awful. He was a great guy. He had small engine repair out in his garage, and he worked on mowers and anything small, any weed eaters and that kind of stuff and was phenomenal. Everybody in the community went to him. Everybody out in that area all used him. He was quick. He had it done. He was inexpensive and he really made a nice living doing it. So they lost his income, but there was nothing. There was no extra. There was just, yes, it was, it was just pitiful. And so they're dealing with all that grief. And so how, and so how, when you showed up with a tree and presents and the gift card, um, how were you greeted? And uh, I, I mean, I, not that poignant of a question. I'm certain they were happy to see you, but 
People that need things at Christmas, certainly they're happy to get the things, but whatever led people to not having enough money to handle Christmas, there's almost always trauma and loss yep. behind all of that. Yep. So my question is, you know, did it even dawn on you that you were filling holes more than just the holes under a tree? No, not at all. Your 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 point is exactly exactly correct in every situation that we've had that we've delivered to after that. And I think we get caught up sometimes and we forget that that point, Bill, that we get caught up in doing what we do, just getting the stuff to them because it's such a crazy thing now. But no, we we I think we thought about it after the fact. But after we all quit crying, both their family and my family quit crying after 10 minutes, we were actually able to function because it hit us <laughs> as soon as you walked in the door. She starts crying because I don't think they actually thought we were going to come. Because of the snow? Your, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't known her. I haven't seen her for 20 years. You know, she's 38-year-old, you know, or 36-year-old you know, adult then I knew her as a, as a, a child, but we'd lost touch. And I only knew her because I'd heard that, that he had passed away and that I forgot, I didn't even know they were husband and wife for, and they lived within a mile of us. I didn't even know they were husband and wife. Cause whenever I, if I dropped something off possibly for him to work on, she wasn't there. She was at work. I didn't even know that was her last name. So it was a total surprise. So it, yeah, um, the the whole emotional thing and the trauma, and they've all had some kind of trauma: job loss, husband loss, fire. We've had we've dropped four, we've served four families this week because we call them fire bibles. Um, they have a gift card and a Bible in them, a, a gift card and a Bible that we just take to them when they have that fire. They just need to get out and they need to get a new pair of shoes, some jeans, and a sweatshirt. I mean. They're just trying to survive at that point. So we've had all that happen literally within the last six days. So here's the thing. That was a great Christmas for you guys. Oh. And your and your oh. daughters, your daughter, your daughters were part of it. Y'all wrapped the gifts together in the garage and you went and did this. But that was in 2004. Yeah. What happened in 2005? Um, my brother-in-law, and, and I want to give you a great quote, Bill. I mean, I, I, you guys love great quotes. Yeah. And, and Big Al's got more of them than you can handle. You haven't got enough time. You give me 24 <laughs> hours, you'll need 25. <laughs> Givers are not born, they're taught. Hmm. What we did to finish your, to answer your question, what I didn't know, what we, I didn't know that we were doing, what Chris and I were doing. Uh, thank girl, thank goodness my children have at least one great parent. And then they also have me too. <laughs> they, um, the, um, what we were doing, we were teaching Katie and Maddie to give. And that's what people do. They follow their parents. They watch mom and dad. They watch the grandparents and they will emulate that with their lives. I think they struggle if they don't see that ahead. That's what that's what this thing has all become. So sorry. Ask me that next question. Ask me that 2005. question. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. So first year, we, Chris comes home. 
you get the money out of the sock drawer, you do yep. this thing, it ends up being for someone you knew that you didn't even know it was going to be. Yep. You kind of happened into that because yep. you were on the school board and you happened to have this information. It just got thrown together in three days. You did a wonderful, good thing for a person in your community. Yep. But that's not an organization. No. That's not an effort. Nope. That's just a one-off. Yep. But then the next year, what happens? Well, and and to continue with that first year, Bill, the, the, the rest of that story is my brother-in-law, um, his name is John Neiman, um, just a great person. My wife has just one sibling. Um, John comes in the night that we're getting ready to take the presents. He goes, I want to go with you. This is year one. This is uh, this is year one. So okay. it was going to be one family. And so John is vice president of Super Value Foods in based out of, well, it was Osco Drugs around here and then Super Value Foods restaurant and drugstores. And he was living in, out in California. He comes in for Christmas and he stays with us. John comes in. John has a credit card that you can buy a home with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or, and not, I, and not I mean exactly that literally. That, the limit on that credit card would have bought our home. <laughs> okay. He could just walk up, swipe credit card, walked out, and he said, um, he goes, I want in. I want in. Get everybody in the, get everybody back in the van. Find me another family. I'm in. We're gonna do this again. And we go back and do it again. And we found another family that happened to be at our church. We called our pastor because it was on the weekend, called the pastor and he goes, oh, these guys are struggling. Uh, the mother is blind. The father had lost his job and the two boys were first coming to our church and then the parents came later on, came to our church and they were not gonna have Christmas either. So we go on his credit card. He said, I'm in for the whole family. And he takes a credit card and we go back, spent the same. We thought that number works. So we spent another $450, $500, took the balance of it, got him a Meyer gift card for food. And we went, now this one, we uh, ding-dong dash, uh, dashed him. We went up. They didn't know we were coming. They We didn't have permission. We just knew some things from the pastor that they needed. And we didn't have time and didn't want to interview him. Pastor said that the father probably would not accept the presents, so we had to spoof him. So we went up, rang the doorbell, left the presents, no tree this time, left the presents on the doorstep with the Bible, with the gift card, and then ran like hell back to our cars. And everybody <laughs> dove in the cars, and we took off. And they they never figured it out. The boys came and helped, I think, a couple years later with our, when, when the event they finally figured out who did it based upon what they had heard we were doing later, but they didn't figure it out for a couple of years, which was perfect. So, 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 you, so year, year one, year one is these two, these two. And then year two, the 2005, the word got out. It's a Muncie's a, uh, is not a small town. Yeah. We have a large university here, but it also, everybody's connected. We always say that um, where I, what I, was in high school, I either said I was related to him or I dated him. You know, <laughs> one, 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 one of the two. Well, it's the, it's the biggest small town you've ever seen. 
everybody's you, you, you know you know you know al there's parts of the country that actually both of those are true but that's a whole other oh, ab- oh absolutely it's a little it's a it's a about five hours from here. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where you're related to them and yeah, you date them. Kissing cousins. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. a, yeah. They're, yeah. They, uh, but that's another show. That's another show. The, the, yeah. uh, the next year, what happened was that um, just via church and just via some conversation, the word got out. The word got out and that we had done this. And I was involved with, and I had people coming to our house saying, we want in. How do we get in? How do we do? Here's a check for 550. Why don't you talk to all of our friends? And then the next year, it's seven. Then it's 25. And here we go. And that's, it literally had, there was no money, no administrative costs, no nothing involved, no advertising. It was literally word of mouth, just to some friends. And they all then were the first teams that came and have been involved with us since day one. That next year, the third really family that we were going to serve, and he is on our board now, his name's Chris Crabtree, in photography, a local uh, photography business here. He came to me and said, hey, I think you need to put a name on this. And it was originally going to be called Secret Dads. And that was what he had talked about. I said, but we're really serving families. He goes, all right, secret families. And what he had, he had someone working for him that was struggling, but was too proud to ask. So he gave me the money and he knew that I knew this person's mom. I, he gave me the money. I gave it to her the mom and was not allowed to tell the mom, I'm sorry, the mother of the, of the lady where the money came from. He didn't want her to know that the employer took care of her. They wanted it to come from me. So all of a sudden I am the conduit. Okay. Once again, secret families all day long. And we have to keep it secret. And that's what he said, give it to her, but keep it secret. And that's where it all came about was that we were going to do all this anonymous, all the families that we serve, Bill, we still, I'm the only one that knows who they are. That's, that's the reality. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing. I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people like actress and director Cheryl Hines they were looking for an unknown actress (laughs) to play Larry David's wife I said well how old is that guy isn't he old (laughs) and author David Sedaris you know like when you meet somebody and they'll say well I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist and I say well is it all you care about because if it's not it's going to be pretty hard for you if you're not on fire. It's like opening the door of an oven, and it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back. It's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're all their energy focused goes, on. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more trailblazers, more live events, more Martha, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Walter Isaacson, about the geniuses who change the world. Encore Jane, about creating a billion-dollar startup. Dr. Elisa Pressman, about the five basic strategies to help parents raise good humans. Florence Fabricant, about the authenticity in the world of food writing. Be sure to tune in to season two of the Martha Stewart podcast. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what year did this thing become, quote, secret families? How, how many years in? Probably about three years in, Bill. I okay, so, 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 yeah. So, from this first idea that Chris had, that you and your family pulled off, that your brother-in-law fell into yep. that year. Yep. Then you, then you do a little more, and then after year three, going into year four, you have a thing now. Yeah, and it's a grassroots thing called Secret Families. Yep. And the idea is this: each family. We're going to raise $550 for, and we're going to provide them a Christmas tree, about $400 in gifts, about $100 gift cards so they can buy and prepare a true Christmas meal. Yeah. Um, and and it's, and and it's all- And a decorated tree if they, if they choose. And it's all anonymous. Yep. Absolutely anonymous. And, and it's not only the givers are anonymous, but even the receivers- are anonymous. Very anonymous. So, Very anonymous. So it's so it's one not to elicit on the giving side, hey, look at what wonderful things I'm doing for people. Pat me on the back. It's anonymous. So the people that are giving it are doing it simply to do some good. And they're doing it for people that they don't really even know who they're doing it for because the receivers, we don't want you to feel um embarrassed or any of that it's so the whole thing's anonymous on both the giving and receiving side absolutely the ability all the families um and i would tell this to any of your listeners which are immense <laughs> as i have done a little research wow totally amazing and um and i i tell you that and i don't want to be remiss um i'm very honored that you'll even talk to me Oh, big Al, I, I you're know exactly the kind of guy we're looking for. I know for. it's what you do, but dude, it is I love people. I love success stories in this this program. It's a success story because you care about people 
and you go do things for just folk and do that is unbelievable. So anyway, you got to Thanks, big Al. Yeah, we got to smooch up a little bit here. We're going to be buddies. And, <laughs> you know, you're in the deck, my God, I got to know you. You got to know I like you. Um, the, here, the, uh, the families we serve, the filter we have, Bill, is every family we serve has to come to us exclusively from a school principal. Huh. Schools, and for anybody out there, if you ever want the best filter to make sure you're serving a need, not a want, that is a school counselor and or school secretary. They know more than anybody about a community. Now, that is really interesting because, you know, in sales, you always want to get, you always want to build a relationship with, with the gatekeeper. All day that's long. What, that's what I do that's all day. What, that's all I do what, sell. Right. Yeah. And that's what we call the secretary of the guy that, that does the purchasing or yep. his administrative assistant. But if you build a relationship with the gate, because the gatekeeper is really the one that the information... The gatekeeper is typically someone who you don't think of as an integral part of an organization, but so much information flows to that gatekeeper that if you want to sell somebody in a business, if you get a relationship with the gatekeeper, you will ultimately get the audience you need to go sell something. And so that's on a bit. But what you just said is really interesting. You're saying that school secretary, they're the ones that are getting the absentee list. They're the ones that are getting the parents' calls. They're the ones that are patching through this person in social services to yes. the principal. They're yes. the ones that really do know what that is so interesting. They see the kids coming into school of see, because the kids go right to a classroom in an elementary, right? So they have a relationship with their teacher. They have no relationship with any other teacher in the school unless they had them as a teacher. So they would only have a fifth grader would only have six relationships with 40 teachers. The secretary is commonality with all 40 teachers. They all report to her. They all vent to her. She is the gatekeeper for them to get to the principal. When they're throwing a fit because something broke in their classroom, they go to the secretary. They don't go to the principal. The secretary then either just tells the janitor to go fix it, or if it's a major issue, she takes it up the line to the principal. The, the, they also talk with... They're the ones that when the a kid got in trouble or when and when that kid comes in, if they don't have the right shoes or they don't have a winter coat, that secretary is the point guard. She distributes the problems to the people that can fix it. So they know she goes to the counselor and she goes, oh, the counselor says this family's got problems. She goes, no, their parents are just idiots. <laughs> The secretary knows. She, she also knows has that discernment. She, she talked to him on the phone. The counselor may or may not have talked to him on the phone. They're dealing with the kid at the school. The parents called in and cussed out the the secretary. Dad's just an idiot. She's like, they don't need anything. He's got that. And he inherited. And she also she knows who within those schools. She knows uh, the parents that are having affairs. She knows. She hears it all. So they are that point person. They give us the list. And then at that point, now, here's the thing. We know that 98% of everything we knew is serving in need. 2% will be a want because they buffaloed somebody. They got through, they, they buffaloed that secretary. 
We miss those. We don't care. It's not my place to judge. It's only my place to serve. I collect the money in good faith. I distribute it in good faith. I'm just the point guard for Jesus. But your people that you serve, you get all of them through the information you receive yep. anonymously yes. through the secretary and the guidance counselors at the elementary school. Yep. That, has been, can... that has been, that time has taught you that's the best filter. It, it is. And we started right, we did it from the get-go. We just knew that it was a good, and said, oh, it's a good filter. I take I took this year probably over 100 phone calls, which is typical to me because I'm very transparent with my information. My email address is out there. I get emails and I have families trying to put themselves on the list or they're trying to put their sister on the list or they're trying to put their neighbor or they know somebody that needs help. I don't need help finding people. I got, I can find all the families I want. It's just at what layer am I going to quit cutting? And we only, we try to cut only when it has need, anything, anything below that need level we're in. Anything above that, we're out. And I tell people, they go, well, you know, I just, I had, we'd spend all the money on this. And I said, you're not, you don't fit that. Not only that, I don't want you to put it on the, on the list because how do I know that you need something? You say you do, but if I walk into your house and there's a 105 inch big screen hanging on the wall with the kids playing the PlayStation, you're out. <laughs> all right. So you collect them through these means. And you have, that's a lot of stuff. How many, okay. Yeah. How many kids, just quick answer on this one. Yep. Because it's a second question coming that I want to hear a lot about. Sure. How many, how many families did you provide Christmas for this year? 385 families, approximately 2,000 children. Okay. That's just how, now, how many, that's just I, in my county. We have seven other affiliates also. Okay. Yep. How many gifts per kid typically? Two, uh, three? Uh, five to six. That's ten thousand two thousand kids, five gifts. That's ten thousand gifts. Two twenty two hundred rolls of wrapping paper, uh two hundred and fifty rolls of tape, no bows because they get torn off. I bought one year out on eBay or a printing company that was going out of business. I bought 30,000 gift tags. <laughs> hold it. 30,000 gift tags. We're in a hundred, hundred to a sheet. And I, and I, oh my God, we just used up the last one of them <laughs> this year. I've had 20, almost 20. Oh, oh my God. Okay. It, it was but so big, crazy. God. But, and I paid $25 for him. It was awesome. <laughs> but the, but the model, Al, is. You get together on one day. Yeah. You wrap this stuff and you deliver the next. No. Oh. We, it is all done in one day for 385 deliver one day. We start shopping at six o'clock and by four o'clock, I'm at a restaurant having a ribeye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But hold on. Yeah. How many people does it take to wrap, buy, wrap and deliver from six to four, 10 to 12,000 gifts? 2,200. <laughs> 
We're the large, so largest one-day charity in the state of Indiana happens in Delaware County, not in, in Muncie, not in not in Lafayette, not in Indianapolis, Evansville, or Fort Wayne. In Muncie, Indiana, I have we assembled 2,200 people last Saturday, and that is we have 25 tree team uh, uh, trees tree teams out delivering trees. So we set up 200 Christmas trees, decorated Christmas trees for families. I have 72 wrapping teams of 10 people each. I have 70 probably plus shopping teams of 10 people each, all shopping at the same time. I have 26 delivery teams out delivering. And we take over a Toyota dealership. They shut down a car dealership for one day on a Saturday. Only place probably in the United States that have these guys. Now, not only that, they shut it down, but sold 10 cars that day. Just want to say. And that all <laughs> happens at the same time. Besides people, we have. Why, Oda, why did they shut down the car dealership? Well, because he um, because they had people trying to come on the onto the lot. And no, get no, no, no. What, what do you you? The, he oh, gives yeah. you his facility to do we, this. We wrap and deliver out of their facility. It's right across the street from each other. So the the I'm going to give you the rat. Um, the, here's the rabbit trail. So 700 people. They put me in a lift, a, a, a man lift in the front of Meyer because I can't talk to everybody. There's 700 people at the registers all crowded around this man lift to give them the instructions on how much we're going to spend per family or per person. So we give them all the instructions. We welcome them. I cry. I tell a story, blah, blah, blah. Everybody claps a little bit. We all go, okay, we're ready to go. And then these teams, 70 teams with 10 people each launch, and they literally, Meyer looks like it's been robbed when we're done. (laughs) So I drop $175,000 in four hours. In one, that's just in the one Meyer store here that we're shopping at. So there's 700 people go out and they, everything is put in bags. So we have these big bags that I could put you in. And we have these big Mylar bags. Every bag has a, 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 a somebody's name on it. We buy for all children and everybody in the house. Grandma's living in the house. Grandma gets a present. We don't want the kids to say, Grandma, were you naughty? Did you not get a present? <laughs> everybody gets a present. So everybody has a bag. They're all rolled up. Five. Everybody has a bag. And then there's five shopping lists rolled up with rubber bands around. And there's a family number. Nobody knows the last names of the family but Al Holdren. That's the secret part. So that way, people shopping, they could be shopping for their neighbor. We don't want them to know that. They pull those bags out. And then they have a shopping list. I've had, I've got 30 ladies who have interviewed every one of the families, 385 families all got interviewed prior to that. So we have an interview team. We have a data entry team. We have an IT team that does all the routing of all these together. That's all done prior to that's makes up 100, 150 people. So then it comes over to us. We have all these, we have these big bins of these A, B, C, D, and E, those are all of our deliveries that go out and they deliver three, fa- they take three families at a time to deliver. So the shopping goes on. We come through 10 shopping lanes and they're lined up behind them for 20 yards of carts behind each lane checking out. And we have a team of people that do nothing but swipe $1,000 gift cards. They just stand there and swipe cards and check them out. If the people go over the limit of $80 a person, 
the people coming through the line will either have to remove a gift or they take out their credit card and they swipe it. They can buy as much for anybody as they want. They make up the difference themselves. Yes. And if they don't, they put something back. I've never put anything back. Everybody one, pays the difference. They they these they raise their own money and that they don't give to me. They may have sponsored a family with me for five fifty, but they come with their own credit card. And I have people that spend probably over probably a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars because they if, if if they think the lady should have a new pair of boots and they're a hundred bucks and that's over our limit, they just sweat. They don't care. And and so from there, all this stuff goes to this dealership. Yep. It all comes out. Now I have 20 friends with trucks outside of Meyer lined up in front and those drivers never get out of their truck. Now we're only driving a thousand yards, but it's across the road and over to Toyota. The bag, all these bags come out as a family. They get checked off. They get put in a truck by a Ball State baseball team. They load the trucks. The trucks drive over. <laughs> we have we have another Ball State team unloads all the bags, and they're set up in rows by one by family numbers one through fifty up through three fifty through four hundred outside. They're staged outside. And then inside in the showroom, they have cleaned out the entire showroom. There is 26 to 30 wrapping teams. We have three shifts of two hours each inside the dealership. That's another 300 people per shift inside wrapping presents. And then they wrap for two hours and we throw them out and they have to go and then they leave. And then another shift comes in. We have so many people wanting to volunteer. We have to do it in shifts to build more places for them. So they wrap all the presents, they get put back in the bags, re they tie up the handle, and then the, the Ball State golf teams, ball, men's and women's golf teams, and another local high school baseball team, carry them to the back to the service area. They get restaged again for deliveries, and then the delivery teams, 26 delivery teams come up, take three bags, three families, and they're off delivering, and they deliver, they make five runs of three bags each, and they go out and deliver. All of this is going on at the same time. So Meyer trees are being delivered. Packages are being delivered. Others for later deliveries are being wrapped. All the teams are moving in all these bags. So we'll have 2,200 bags that we have. And they're just big, large, clear garbage bags that have people's names on. Plus, there's a team of 70 people that came the Thursday night before that mark all the bags. Somebody has to put those names in the bag. So we take over a church gymnasium and those people on tables come with, uh, with sharp. I'm surprised they're not all high when they leave because all that sharpie <laughs> smell is going on out there. And Bill, the next night after that, the other thing that people get now, they get a box, they get a toiletry box that has toilet paper, paper towels, shampoo, and then there is a group of 30 people that come over to another facility and they pack 400 of these boxes. So every family gets toiletries for the month or maybe a couple razors, shampoo, deodorant and all that. And that was added later on. So that that's an add on to the things that we give them. That's the game. That's the, that's the rabbit trail goes on. So this goes on. And then at four o'clock we're sweeping up, we wrap everything up. And then the tradition is I take my entire family. My family is not allowed to thump their chest, be proud, 
Sorry. <laughs> 364 days and 23 hours a year. We don't, we don't, we don't want to talk about it. We don't brag about it. We just raise money. We, I have to raise all that money in six weeks every year. They just work. But one hour when we're done, <clears throat> when we go to dinner, this is my immediate family, my wife, my two girls, their husbands, my little granddaughter. For one hour, we talk about how freaking awesome we are. We celebrate. For one, <laughs> we talk about one hour. And I mean, everything's on the table. And we're at a restaurant and there is and and we're at the the boys or whoever would like to have a drink. That's fine. We order ribeyes and we talk about how freaking great we are for one hour. And then when it's done, when we get up from the table, it's a new year and we start all over again. But we do not you're not allowed to talk about that. You need to be humble about this. We give glory. We give glory to God. We get, we were there to serve Jesus that day. That is all we do. And that's who we are. But that one day, that one hour, I asked for, I asked for one hour to just talk about, we killed it. We're freaking awesome. You've got, if you don't celebrate once in a while, there's there, you're not working toward anything. There's got to be a little bit of a celebration and we're hugging and high-fiving and everybody in the restaurants wondering who the hell are these guys and they're nuts. And that's the Holdren family. And it's funny, we, we did that as a tradition. There's a gentleman in the back. I've got several teams, Bill. There's three or four teams. I call them sloppers. They're my sloppers. And what they are, they're groups of guys that really don't want to be assigned to a job. So what they'll do anything I ask. There a lot of most sometimes that's I could you just go get McDonald's and get me a Coke? I haven't anything to drink all day. And they boom, they run down and they come back with some apple pies and that. Could you go set this one tree up that got forgotten? Johnny didn't get his bag; it got kicked under a table. Can you run that across the country, across the county, I should say, and drop that bag off? They just do whatever. They fill all my holes for me. There's one of those gentlemen who uh, he happened to be at the restaurant with his wife when we were there all eating that one year, and we got ready to leave, and the bill was paid. So he paid a $200 bill um, on that. And we didn't know who he was. I didn't know he'd done that. I finally had to get the waitress to, you know, through charades to figure out who he was. And, and actually she went and pulled his credit card and told me his name. And I knew who it was then at that point. Now he said, I hear you looked me up because the gal told him next time they came in the restaurant. said, <laughs> big Al wanted to who, who it was buying the meal. And I'm like, uh. so now he just comes up. And we have we call it the two hundred dollar handshake. So now, as he's leaving that evening, he walks up and he's got two one hundred dollar bills. When we shake hands, there's two hundred dollars in my hand. He said, "Just buy your family dinner." I appreciate you allowing me to be involved with something. We never did anything philanthropy whatsoever. Thanks for allowing me to be involved with this. It serves me much better than any of the families you serve. That answers a question you asked earlier. And I think that our volunteers are much more blessed than anybody, any family I've ever taken a gift to. I, I, Al, I have said a thousand times, the payoff to this kind of work is you get a thousand times more out of it than you put into it. Oh, there is no doubt. And that's and that's a low number. I think a thousand is even a low number. <laughs> you, you are so, you're so right.
We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. They were looking for an unknown actress <laughs> to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> and author David Sedaris. You know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you. If you're not on fire, it's like opening the door of an oven and it's like, Wow, you know, you take a step back, it's all they think about, it's all they talk about, it's all they care about. They don't have relationships, they're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're Where all their energy are focused goes. on. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more trailblazers, more live events, more Martha, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Walter Isaacson, about the geniuses who change the world. Encore Jane, about creating a billion-dollar startup. Dr. Elisa Pressman, about the five basic strategies to help parents raise good humans. Florence Fabricant, about the authenticity in the world of food writing. Be sure to tune in to season two of the Martha Stewart podcast. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's interesting that Indiana has a city or town called Santa Claus, Indiana. Yeah, absolutely. Down south. Yep. Yeah. And it's and, cool. Um, if, you've ever, if you ever get a chance, go. It's crazy. Well, and you're 6'2", 290. I'm just wondering if Big Al and Santa Claus, Indiana, and Muncie are somehow in this weird cosmic twilight way combined. Because, Al, for so many children in your community, you are Santa Claus. That's... I'd, I'd say that's a, probably a fair statement. Um, um, we had a, a great story this year um, that's continuing. Um, and I, you're going to love this, Bill. This is this may be the story of all Christmas stories. Um, actually, they'll end up making a movie of this sometime. You'll be involved um, with this. Um, you'll be right in the middle of this, uh, or, or should be. Um, 
there is, we have, um, uh, we have a, a gentleman who I did not know growing up, but I, kn- I played tennis in high school with his brother. Um, who is the best? Hold it, six two two ninety. You played tennis in high school. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you, but that's a whole wow. Yeah, big, big. I was, I was probably the biggest tennis player. Net. Was, 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 uh, could play. I could play. My daughter Maddie, my youngest, played collegially for Olivet Nazarene up in Kankakee. Uh, see, you lied. That's that's not yeah. six point five, Al. That's yeah, that's not 6.5. no. It's, um, but a uh, above 6.5. now in high school, it was six two two twenty. I got you. <laughs> a, little more, a little more mobile and a, a little uh, um, uh, a little fewer uh, sugar cream pies, which is an Indiana thing. That's fair a, enough. Yeah, so, right, and so, I need to and I need to send you a sugar cream pie. Have you ever had sugar cream do. pie? Uh, no, but I'm certain I would love it. We would, you would love it. We'll uh, Wix make some over in Winchester. We'll we'll get some in the mail to you. You'll G- give, you'll love give it. me you'll, all of that. You'll think, they, right. the the story goes. Um, uh, we have the coolest Santa Claus. I mean, this dude looks like Santa Claus. I mean, I, I I actually believe he is. I think he just moonlights as the parts manager at a uh, at a uh, Chrysler dealership on the side. But he um, he has come every year, probably for ten years, and he just comes and he's in full battle mode. I mean, he is he is it, and he is he is the part. He never breaks stride. He never breaks even with adults. He talks. It's is is unbelievable. So he always just randomly picks one of the delivery teams and goes out on. Believe me, those fifteen families of kids. So he is the first guy up with a bag of presents over his shoulder on their doorstep. Dude, it is so cool. <laughs> so this year we have a family that's living in a facility called Christian Ministries, and they have a couple apartments upstairs. And it's just that they. They provide food and clothing to homeless, and anybody can just walk in during the day, get a meal, and that kind of thing. They have these two really, really nice apartments up above in the second story of this building. That was one of the families we're going to serve. My oldest daughter, Katie, I get an email from her as she's doing the data entry. The callers put a special note and stapled on it and said, you may want to call this lady. Okay, he's like, okay. She called her. The little boy um, is nine years old. The only thing that he asked for for Christmas was a Santa outfit. He wants to be Santa Claus. That's it. Hmm. No other presents, no nothing else. They end up buying him other things too, just, but he really didn't give anything else than that. So Katie, I told Katie, I said, you get on Amazon and you buy one. It doesn't matter what it costs. We, she goes, dad, we always have a budget. She, these, my girls are rule followers. Dad, we have a budget. I said, "We, you have a budget. I have no budget. I do what I want. <laughs> you remember who that? She goes, oh, that's right. You're the dictator. I just thought that was on the first Saturday in December. I said, it is. And of the, in this conversation, I said, buy a nice one. I don't want some paper cheap thing. I want a good one. So she did. Found one very reasonable. Had it shipped to our house. Put on my credit card. Away we go. So we have to do some moving around. Because Santa's got some commitments middle of the day, so it's got to be on the first delivery route going out. So we flip flop some stuff around. I usually screwed it up a little bit, and so Santa goes out. He's the first family deliver, so I'm going to have my Santa deliver because this little boy believes. He he absolutely believes. Santa Claus delivered a Santa suit 
to Junior Santa. <laughs> and see, we don't have pictures of any of these families that we've ever delivered to because we're not, a, we don't, we have, we would have to get permission from the schools and, yeah, from and the it's people. secret families, and same secret families. And we don't want anybody to know who they are. So nobody's right. allowed to take pictures. If the family asks for it or allows it or takes a picture, they can sign off on it, but we don't even ask them. But right. this little, this, this lady, I asked, I called the mom and said, would you be okay if we had some, if we took some pictures because Santa wanted pictures with him with, and she said, oh, absolutely. We don't care. That's, that's no problem whatsoever. So we have pictures with him delivering that Santa. And the kid ran right in, took his clothes off, put the Santa suit on, come back out. So there's Junior Santa with the big Santa. <laughs> the mother calls me yesterday. She said, Mr. Holdren? I said, yes. She goes, I have a request. Um, my son has asked me something. And I know that it's, and the, and the kid's standing right there. So we have to, her and I have to have this correct conversation. And she goes, it's about Santa. I said, oh, yeah. I said, she goes, how busy is he? I said, well, you know, this time of the year, he's got elves making presents. And, you know, he's got, he's got me on speakerphone with this little boy. I said, I said, I don't know. We delivered some, he had to get some alfalfa the other day for, hey, the, the reindeer like alfalfa. So we had dropped some, we had dropped some hay off to him. And, you know, he's got, he's working with all the elves and they're all kind of crazy. And, you know, so we're playing this up for this kid. I said, well, why do you ask? She said, well, my son would like to have milk and cookies with Santa. Hmm. Bill, Bill. Dude, winter chicken dinner. I don't have, I don't, I haven't got better stories than this. So I, so I call Santa and say, Santa, and he goes, at the, at the part store, you call Santa over at the, the part, part store. store. Yeah. Cause you yeah. know, your Ram might need a, you know, might need a head gasket. Right. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> so, um, I said, Santa, he goes, yes. He said, um, I said, um, junior Santa would like to have milk and cookies with you. He goes, anytime. He said, I will take, I will, whatever you want. Just tell me when and where. And because he's, I, he really has a lot of gigs this time of the year in the evenings yeah. and, and the weekends. And he goes, no problem. So we've set it up. So she's calling Santa to set it up. And we're going to a local caffeine or car, coffee shop to have, and they're going to come and he's kind the kids coming in his suit and Santa's going to be in a suit. <laughs> And we're going to a caffeinery to have hot chocolate and brownies or cookies or whatever the kid wants here sometime next week. Now, and this is a boy. This is a this without is a secret families that wouldn't have even had a tree. Wouldn't even had wouldn't had a Christmas tree. And they got they've got Christmas tree. They've got Christmas. It's just him and her mom and one mom and I'm sorry. That's not, she has an older son. Uh, there is one older son that's not in the house. I mean, he's nine years old. Wouldn't have had anything whatsoever because they're living in a place that takes care of homeless. So this kid will tell this story for the rest of his life. And, Al, you know, unbelievable. 2,500 volunteers all in one day spending about $150,000 yep. on one day. Yep. Serving two to 300 families. Every Christmas, yeah. all because Chris came home one day and said, Al, 
get the money out of your sock drawer and let's not spend it on sweaters that we don't need. Let's exact some measure of kindness for a single family. And all of that has led to how many families have had Christmas because of this organization today. Um, I I went through and I, I knew you were going to ask that question. So I did a little math and this is what we would refer to as out math. Remember the 87%? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Uh, 8,600 families. I know that I know that we're outside of the ribeye one hour um, Holdens are allowed to admit they're above a six point five meal, so we're going to have to break into that for the purposes of the show. Sure, eighty six hundred families. Al, yeah. have you have you have you and Chris and your family looked yourselves in the mirror and really thought? that maybe the North Pole is in Yorktown, Indiana? I hope it's here and everywhere else. We just hope that it catches fire. You know, it's caught fire here with seven counties here around Muncie. One down in Lexington, Kentucky, because he owns the car dealership that he closes down. And Bill Bill Gates, who owns that dealership, um, home dealership in Richmond, I think Bill owns six dealerships. Uh, the the deal he was at, he was up here. They were scouting us because um, he knew this was going on. I didn't know who he was. I I tried to get him to go over and pick some paper up because he was standing outside. I didn't know he was the owner of the dealership. I'd never met him. <laughs> and, and he did. Him and his crew went over and picked all the paper up in the trash can. And then the general manager came and said, I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Gates. I said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. He goes, I'm no better than anybody else. He goes, I said, he goes, um, we're going to do this next year down in Kentucky. We just came up. to. We've been following. He followed me all day. I thought he was a stalker. I didn't know what I knew he was. <laughs> He said, we've been following you all day taking notes because we want to know how to do this. Can you come down and teach us? So that we went down and taught him. But but he said along those along those lines, Al, um, how do you raise the money? Um we have hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year worth of gifts. Yeah. At five hundred and fifty bucks a pop. We have a couple of fundraisers. Um we do play a little Texas Hold'em, which is great. So yeah. a little poker tournament run in the back of a uh a, a photography studio, which is great. Um, have a gentleman who, in honor of his brother who passed away, who was a provost at Ball State, Bob Morris, Rick Morris, his brother, runs a golf tournament, and that raises some. Bill, all of our money comes from sacrificial giving. Um, and what we ask, our goal is, we want 400 families. What we ask are for adults to quit buying presents for each other, just like Chris and I did. And take the money that they would spend on each other and give it to me so I can go take care of one family. If I get 400 families to give up the adult buying, buy for the kids, give and give up the adult buying and, and give me the money, I have no funding problem at all. We actually have a moratorium on giving. No company or one individual is allowed to sponsor over five families a year. We have. Why do you do that? Um, the reason we do it is because there's other charities in the community that are that are um, going broke, and I want to spread the wealth. 
And I think there's so many other charities that do a lot of other great things, not just at Christmas, other time. If they give all the money, I, I uh, the story goes, I had a, a gentleman hand me a $25,000 check that I returned. And I asked him to write me a check for $2,750 and to go to 10 other charities and give them each $2,500. And he did that because they needed the money. I don't want it all. If it all comes from one place, if I have one company give me $50,000 and they're not able to help me the next year because things don't go well or they go out of business or private equity buys them or they just sell, I can't replace that. And I've already asked for that many families. I can't replace that 50000 But if I have one family, I'm, we lost my uh, mother-in-law this year. Well, be, I, I could replace her by finding one more family to sponsor a family. But if she'd been giving me 50,000 a year, I couldn't replace it and I'm in trouble. So I like to build, I like to build them. I like to build things that have wide bases and aren't very tall. Yeah. You went, you went broad rather than deep all day long. And that's what we're And, and, and you're also asking people to be philanthropic elsewhere, not to be a hog of all the money, which is also amazing. Absolutely. And that's, and we want so that we may be the only charity in the world that has a a limit on what you can actually donate. And we just want, we want, that gets more families involved that, which is why I, I see, I have a volunteer problem, but it's not lack of, I have so many people (laughs) coming to me. We shut down, they shut down our website taking registrations for volunteers in August. Matter of fact, we could open it up for a week and it would just be full. I got people screaming at me. I don't have a spot to, to put them. I say, just help me raise money. The money raising is the, is the hardest of all because see, we don't start until October. I don't get in everybody else's way up when it comes October though, you have to get out of my way. And when, you know, when I start shoving, I shove pretty hard. But but you got to come to me now. You got to you got to you got to step up and play right now. I don't. But the rest of the time, you worry about the other organizations that function somewhere else. When Secret Families comes around, I do ask for my turn. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, here's the thing. I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. They were looking for an unknown actress <laughs> to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> and author David Sedaris. You know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you. If you're not on fire, it's like opening the door of an oven. And it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back. It's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're they're focused on. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal, with more entrepreneurs, more trailblazers, more live events, more Martha, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Walter Isaacson, about the geniuses who change the world. Encore Jane, about creating a billion-dollar startup. Dr. Elisa Pressman, about the five basic strategies to help parents raise good humans. Florence Fabricant, about the authenticity in the world of food writing. Be sure to tune in to season two of the Martha Stewart podcast. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So why is this not scalable in every community in the United States? It is. It is. And I teach them all. I teach them all. It's simple. How do people, how do people find you to learn? Uh, they, they're just going to call me. Uh, call me or email me. Um, it's uh, aholdren at atlascollections.net. They can go out to uh, Secret Families um, or, or Secret Families website. They just type in secretfamilies.com. You can pull that up. And my phone number's there. You can call me. Uh, and they can reach me at 765- 744-0369 and we'll teach them. Um, it's a simple system. Uh, initially, they don't need a lot. They just need some, the base of what to go do, but it is absolutely scalable. We do it by counties because that gives everybody a, a defined geographic to work in. I don't solicit money outside of my county. We think local should take care of local also because I've got all these other secret families. I don't want to reach into those counties. And I could. I've got clients from my business. I could reach in. If those people come to me if I and I have some of my clients, they say, well, I want to give to you. I go, no, give to Blackford County or Grant County. They're in your county. Here, let me connect you with the guy that runs that area. And we just drive them to there. Muncie should take care of Muncie. And when we do that, if everybody did that in every community, that would be good. That's what I was going to tell you, Bill. Don't do the secret. Don't do the uh, secret Santa anymore. Take the eleven hundred dollars from the eleven. Go sponsor two families and go do what I just told you to do. That's what you go do. I think I'm going to have to challenge my family, Al, much like Chris challenged you those many years ago. They'll love it. They will love it. And here's the thing: being who you are, and the and the and and just I, I mean, if you lived in if you lived. If you lived in Muncie, dude, we'd be we'd be dear friends. The personality, <laughs> the personality is attractive as hell. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, we would be we would be, we'd be shooting at the range, 
we'd be shooting at the range and probably a little golf being played. I would imagine it would, it would be, it would be, I'd, we'd add you into the, we'd add you into the circle. It would be freaking awesome. But I'll, I got to tell you a quick secret. You'll love it. I have played in the state, regional, and national championships in USTA team tennis myself. No way. And, oh my God. I, am, I love it. And I am six foot and a half and about 260. Al, can you imagine the two of us playing together in adult doubles? I'm telling you. We would scare it would be five hundred pounds of oh, that's scary. A lot of, that's a lot of beef on one side of the net, dude. Oh <laughs> that's my a god. Lot. And, and yeah. here's the thing. If we I guarantee you, if we can't beat them on the court, we can beat the crap out of them after the net. <laughs> <laughs> they they'd have no oh my and you know what? The great thing would be walking out there, they'd be like, dude, we're gonna we're going to run those two big boys to death. And then all of a sudden, when they get schooled, they're really like yeah. going, what the hell happened? <laughs> well, and if we and if we played on clay, can you imagine what we would do to a court running around on it for two sets? Well, they, they, I, I guarantee you. They'd have you. to resurface it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, you'd hear something beeping in the background. That'd be the truck bringing the extra load in. <laughs> He's backing it up. He's yeah. backing it up right now. Oh, my I God. Agree. I agree, Al. I think we'd get along. Just fine. <laughs> <laughs> my, friend, my friend, I got to tell you something. You know, you have done exactly what we're begging people to listen to and challenging people to do, which is not only join an army of normal folk, but Al, you've created your own little Muncie army of normal folk that one day a year get together 2,500 people and and make Christmas what it should be for verifiably deserving and needy families. And my, I got to ask, yeah. families get on their feet. Do you have served families come back and then become volunteers in the organization for others? Yes, actually. They're, they're back. They're Is that back. not the greatest part of the whole oh, story? They- and see, I don't know who they are because I don't see them. I don't deliver the presents to them. I'm the, I'm just the general. I'm, I'm directing traffic around. I'm, I'm pulling volunteers and putting them here and filling holes. And so what do they do? Come up and say, thank you for what you did three years ago. We're here to give back. Yeah. We served, you served my family over the 20 years. You served my family three years. My husband was abusive to me. We lived in, we were living at Christian ministries. We were live. I, or one guy came up and said, I, I was awful to my family. You served my family while I was living at the Muncie Mission because I was a drug addict and I w- didn't want my kids to see it. So I went to live at the mission till I got clean. And then I came back and, and helped. And now here I am back reunited with my wife and my family. But you saved my bacon while I was gone. I was off doing this. I was, it was just Or kids coming and saying, you know, all of a sudden it's been 20 years. So we served the kid as a 10-year-old. He came back, you know, as a 25-year-old sponsored a family on his own with his wife, introduced me and said, oh, these guys uh, brought us Christmas. Uh, one of every five years, we sponsor a family every year now. I had no idea who he was. Didn't Unbelievable. So How does yeah. that make you feel? Oh, my God. Well, you mean when I quit crying, then I walk outside, look at the Diet Coke, <laughs> walk around the side of the dealership. Everybody thought I went around there to use the bathroom, you know, because the bathrooms were full. And I'm like, you got to leave me alone. You got to give me, Big Al needs two minutes here. I got to get it together. 
And it's like, and he's like, and the kid came back and goes, I didn't mean to make you mad. I said, you didn't make me mad. You made me proud. Thanks so much. But my gosh, I just, uh, yeah, you just, you hear those stories and you just, but it doesn't, usually doesn't catch up with us till the next day. Then we're at home, we're having dinner and we're telling the stories. And Chris was like, she goes, did you see Bill? Did he been looking for you for an hour? Cause I'm like a fart in the whirlwind you know, that day run all over the place trying to get, I always tell people, you want to talk to me, you got to walk with me because we're just moving from one place right. to the other. But yeah, Bill, it, that's what it's all about. And it really was, here's the thing, the guy that we served, the kid that we served wasn't being taught by his parents. He got taught by secret families how to give. Now we've ended the cycle. All I'm trying to, all we want to do is break the cycle, fill the hole, be the be the one year get out of jail free card, and then have them move on. My goal is that we have no families to serve. I hope I, I'm yeah. trying to work my way out of a job. I don't want to do it. I want, I want to be out. But we know right now that's probably not going to happen. So, Big Al, uh, president and co-founder with his wife Chris of Secret Families. Well, co-founder, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think Chris has to get the credit. It was wouldn't have started with her out her idea first. Absolutely correct. And secret families uh, changing lives and making Christmas better for deserving and needing families in Northern Indiana, and an and an operation that is scalable can be done in any community. And uh, all you got to do is contact Big Al. Big Al, you're a phenomenal guy. I thank you for joining me and. From the depth of my heart and from all of those in northern Indiana, Merry Christmas. You too, my friend. Honored to know you. Honored. Honored to know you too. You're the best. Love you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. And thank you for joining us this week. If Big Al Holdren or another guest has inspired you in general, or better yet, to take action by donating to Secret Families, at secretfamilies.org by providing a secret Christmas to a family in your community or starting a secret families in your community, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us. And guys, I will respond. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends and on social, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. Become a premium member at normalfolks.us. All these things that will help us grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'll see you next week. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride. Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. 
you have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 